Decorated with herbs and spice Roasted chicken sure is nice Hi, Surf Clam. Hello, David. Welcome to Memphis Mondays again. So let's talk about your topic, which is a great topic, by the way. Yes, absolutely. Let's talk about being in the zone, Chef. What do you think? I am a fan of the zone. I'm a fan of getting to the zone. I'd love to hear your experience. There's that great scene from uh, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, the one from the 60s with uh, with Robert Redford. Uh-huh. They get hired. They were getting ready to retire from being gunfighters, and they get hired by the guy that's the paymaster for the mine or yep. whatever. He throws a rock out there and asks Robert Redford, to, uh, who plays a Sundance kid, he asks him to shoot the rock. And Robert Redford can't shoot the rock if he's just standing there pointing his gun. Obviously, the paymaster guy is disappointed. Robert Redford holsters his gun and like crouches down and spins around and draws his gun and then shoots the rock like three times. Mm-hmm. And he says, uh, I'm better when I move. And I know that's my experience in the kitchen. In fact, you know, there's been some challenges at where I'm at right now, uh, just because it's a more structured environment. Like, if I have to think about what I'm doing, then I'm kind of dead in the water. You've already thought it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, if I'm just doing it, then I'm stoked, you know? Right. And, and, and part of that is I'm not much of an isolationist chef, but I, I do tend to work better alone because I don't have to listen to, not listen, but there's noise. If I'm just doing something myself, yeah. you know, I can rock the line. I'd rather rock the line by myself, really. So, Cody San, back in your court. Uh, you, know, you know who I am, how I work. I, I'm, I'm a loner in the kitchen. However, I do love the aspect of collaboration. It's one of my, I think my my best traits is I'm always open to opinions and, and ideas. Um, I'm not one to say no, my way is the highway kind of thing, but I do love going into a quiet kitchen. I love, I love being the first one there and kind of having, you know, 15, 20 minutes of my thoughts in a nice quiet environment with the hooks not even turned on and just kind of visualize what I'm going to do through the day. And um, that's, how I usually work best if I have a lot to tackle. You know how my mind is. I'm usually thinking about eight to ten things at one time, always. But having that quiet space is, is where I really can focus on. Uh, if I want to experiment, I definitely need that time. And I've been known to partake in a little bit of the uh, medicinal marijuana to get me in a very good place. Um, it's a very slippery slope because you can get a little too high mm-hmm. and a little distracted. But there's that fine frequency where you get on, where you're just really in the zone. And uh, well, look, remember those moments of getting like slightly stony baloney up in Venice? Like we'd go surf in the morning and yeah. then go grab a coffee and go to yeah. the shop. That was the best thing ever. That it's usually the circumstances surrounding the partaking of the marijuana where you can find yourself in a good zone. But yeah, I feel like if I'm not too baked out of my mind, I can really focus and really get into a headspace where I'm just into one thing. Whereas my mind's doing eight to 10 things, I'm now focused on this one linear thing in my mind. And I do find that um, I'm not rushed. My my knife hand's very, very solid. And uh, yeah, it's worked for me many, many years. And I, and I didn't discover this until maybe my mid-20s. When I was an apprentice, I, I wouldn't even thought about partaking in any weed because I wanted to be so focused. I was hyper-focused. Um, and I didn't want anything to screw up my learning of what I was what, what was being taught to me in the Japanese. And I didn't really want to see Haim in front of them because they'd probably smack the shit out of me. Of course, absolutely. Hey, what are you doing, Jubei, being Haim? So um, it's something I found middle in my, my chef career, and I found it to be a... Um, very helpful asset. Well, I love that uh, 
kind of coming back to that moment you talk about getting in the kitchen. Like I've had it happen a couple times. Well, I've, I've had it happen many, many, many times over the years. But I love that that weird like quiet pause right yeah. before all hell breaks loose. And it's kind of like watching an old World War One movie, like when they're about to go over the top of the trenches or whatever mm-hmm. and charge the machine guns. And there's always that little that little pause, that little beat, like right before all mm-hmm. hell breaks loose. Yeah. And, and especially in the kitchen, man, I, that little moment is so fleeting and so rad. But when you walk into that kitchen and you know, like, not where I'm at right now on the banquet team side, like, yeah. it's a little bit different than working the line, but it's it's kind of the same thing. But you but know, you know the asshole that's coming. Well, yeah, and like you see the timeline, you kind of walk in and, and check out the kitchen. Things cool. You check yeah. in with the other chefs, but there's that really bitching little moment where you kind of take that deep breath and then you're like. <laughs> Okay, okay, let's go. Yeah, you know, hoods on. Yeah, hoods on. You yeah. hear the little thing, totally, dude. The yeah, little spinning, yeah. hoods generating, generating all that hum noise. You're like, okay. Yeah, you, it's like starting the car. Like, you, shit, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you, you know that you know the compressor on the reach is going to be working all day long because yeah. that door is going to be open the whole goddamn yeah. time. So, yeah. um, and I will say this in my experience now is I will say most of the the, the really great chefs I know are partaking herbal necessities which is much different to me than drinking because you know me dude i never i never drank when i was working yeah you know what i mean and uh it, i mean as soon as as soon as i killed my line dude all bets were off you know what i mean but like if you know if i have if i have one or two drinks not that i drink anymore but like yeah you know, I never, i'm freaking useless dude. I, I never used alcohol as a way to like get creative i think i took the alcohol out of being so serious and so stressed and so tense and tight i would use that to counteract high amounts of caffeine I was on and stress I was on. Well, and, and not to mention that you're a sushi chef and your experience as a chef working the case is much more interactive as far as yeah, like, yeah. you know, you're... So you, take an edge off. You, yeah, well, and not, only, not only that, but as a sushi chef, you're halfway between a chef and a bartender. And and like a musician. you got a stage. Yeah, you got exactly. to entertain people. I mean, that kind of comes with the... You know, that's one of the things I learned. You know, I had the two senseis. One was the very serious, badass chef that, that just had the, the mad skills but his ego was out of control. And I had the other chef was more of like the performer and the, the guy that was kissing babies. And, the, you know, he was the, the face and the entertainment aspect of it. He wasn't as technically skilled as the other one, but he was the face and he was, I think his energy was the one that kept bringing people back in. Well, and, and that's a really good point, not to diverge too much, but like I was just going through it with some chef buddies of mine where I asked them, it's easier for me coming from landing in a couple of different spots in the in the restaurant business because i you know i've gm'd i've bar managed and bartended right. forever and i chef but i was jamming up one of my chef buddies i was like dude why don't you walk around your room and just see how things are going you don't even have to talk to anyone right just go just, go walk, just go walk around your room and kind of see how this you get a feel for what's going on how in the, the energy shop, is you know? and he's like what well, and how do i forget he looked at me he's like well i hate people right and i said well i hate people too dude but they're the only people i've got so right. you and, to, and you're in the hospitality business. Exactly. So yeah. Which you which can't the, hate people being in this business. Yeah. If you do, then wow. Well, but I mean, I, I think the default setting when you've been in this business long enough is you start to hate people. But that doesn't mean that you need to manifest that in your day to day with and your business. Another you know point: I mean? there's some social awkward people that are chefs too. Like they just don't social interact, and and they somehow the sh- the kitchen is somehow safe for them. Well, and look at look. I mean, I, this is a topic that I've touched on before. Like, you know, why do people chef? You know what I mean? It's yeah. because you want to be creative. For me, and and I mean, the, the way I started with my rock and roll background, cooking for the no doubt St. Ferris, Big Sandy crew back in the day, and the Dalek guys, was social anxiety. Right. You know, I hated red cupping it around a keg, doing nothing. Right. You know what I mean? Like, okay, cool. I want to be doing something. And someone, made you feel like you 
kind of fit. You've kind of found your place. Exactly. Oh, Dave's the cook guy. Right. The, you know, Bobby Trimble would be playing guitar, whatever. Everyone's right. got their jam or whatever. But, you know, actually, of all people, my therapist pointed it out where he was like, yeah, Dave, look at the two places you're most comfortable. You're most comfortable working behind the pass in a mm -hmm. restaurant and you're most comfortable working behind the bar. Mm -hmm. And both of those have a physicality to them. You're standing behind something that separates you from people and you feel like you're commanding your space. Right, you're you know commanding I mean? your own little world back there. Yeah, which is which is a much different experience. And, and to get chefs, and I've become much better at it, but to get chefs to walk, get out on the other, and like I keep saying, man, I hammer it to chefs all the time, and it doesn't mean I'm Obi-fucking-one Kenobi, <laughs> but it's like, you know, think beyond the pass. Like the pass is the least important piece of real estate in the entire fucking. The pass restaurant. is safe. The pass, the is, pass safe. is too safe. Yeah, but it's everything that's going on in the whole world on the other side of that, and everything that's going on at back of that, man. Yeah. I mean, and when I say, and you know, let's focus on the back of that. What's going on in the back of your restaurant? You know, what's what's back of house doing? How how are they influencing your food? What kind of day is your prep crew having? Like yeah. all those things. Yeah. I mean, they're big things to take in consideration when you're running a restaurant and. You know, flip flip that out. I mean, how does your how does your restaurant relate to the universe, for lack of a better term? What are people What are people getting when they get? There? I mean, so uh, if you're not walking the space and you're not getting to see what their view of the restaurant is, right? You're you're kind of in your safe little nurtured world, playing it safe. But if you take a step out and kind of see it from another side, you're getting a different view of it. And you can see like, okay, there's some things off right now. I can tell right now, like. The food's not coming out right. You can tell when the you know the general like when the the guests need something. You can just kind of see that it's body body language and the, the head looking you know looking around. You're like okay, I need this person needs something. Yeah, and, it, and it's interesting you mentioned that because I did I just did a banquet event a few weeks ago, and it was funny because like we had hit a couple home runs. We did a couple really big events all kind of right in a row, and mm -hmm. we, we we sort of crushed it. And. Um, we did one where it was nothing specific. Our service was really rocky, okay. right? But it was funny because it was nothing specific. It's not like we lost our combi. It wasn't like we didn't have product that was prepped or ready or right. didn't land on time. Right. But it was stupid little things. Like I could tell the banquet server team wasn't quite 100% that day. There was a weird cart in the kitchen that we just, for some reason, we didn't move. Uh -huh. And it was in exactly the wrong spot. We were stepping around over the whole service. So it wasn't like anything really big went wrong the feng shui of the service was bad for yeah. lack of a better term yeah. and you know it's those are those casual observations that you make that you, you take to heart for next time and you kind of you know adjust and, and right. but same thing walk in your room i've seen chairs be out of place in restaurants mm -hmm. one chair and it can just kind of throw the whole energy right. of the service You're off. Totally right, right, yeah. yeah it's a it's a it's a weird thing i think that we in it moment chefs kind of observe uh which is maybe you have too much time to observe that, but at the same time, it needs to be observed because it's a new set of eyes. You know, everyone has their own perspectives, but you need to have that. There's a time and place to be a chef, and there's time to be like a psychologist, and there's time and place to be like just an observer of surveying the land, right? And it's 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 knowing when to be in that space at a particular time. And being able to step back and forth between the two. Yeah. Like Jelena Travis. Yes. Man, that guy's proto exact. You know what I mean? Like he's as comfortable like checking to the back of his house as he is like walking yes. down Abbot Kinney. You know what yep. I mean? And I know a couple cats like that that you can tell like they can be in a front of house headspace and then immediately go back behind the line and walk their prep team and see what's going on. Yeah. Back. You know what I mean? He's a beast, man. He is a, a, a different rare breed uh, walk on the planet. Yeah. To juggle as many concepts in high volume places. Um, how he does it, I don't know. Well, and, and you know, that's the dream and what we do it. I mean, you know, we, this, this, we started out talking about the zone, man, but 
you know, what a great zone to be in when your headspace is clear enough that you can land something like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Also and make it, and make it seem easy. Fron and those guys just hire the right people. Yeah. They put the right people in the right places yeah, yeah, totally, and they pay totally. them really well. So when you're taken care of and you know you work for someone really, really good, it's less stress to worry about like, am I doing the right thing? Am I going to waste my life at this restaurant? You know, like, oh, I'm working for the Jolina group. Like these guys crush it. Yeah, absolutely. I'm about, to, I'm about to go on a journey for a while and learn a bunch of stuff and work with some really good ingredients. They're, is, they're so food for, focused that it, it's, it's, it's a rare thing, man. Yeah, and you know, I, I certainly like their model that they're they're not, I got I, I forget, some place just opened up out in the desert and it was like, it, I mean, dude, it was like a mad lib grab bag of like every cheesy restaurant platitude ever, you know, and I'm not even talking about, I mean, I'm talking about way more played out than even farm to table. You know what I mean? Oh, okay. Like, I literally like read their little their little PR tear sheet thing. Like, what's hip right now? Let's put all that. Yeah, it's like they Googled. Literally, it was like they just Googled, you know, hip restaurant and just used like all 16 different catchphrases that came up on the top of the feed or whatever. And I was like, really, guys? Really? But I mean, a lot of people don't see through it too. Like I always say, you know, people always name their freaking restaurant whatever pearl or essence or whatever but they yeah. never name their restaurant hey we just make a really good burger and we're yeah. really cool why don't you drop by you yeah. know what i mean and but you know it kind of plays that formula when i talk to people that are opening restaurants the first question out of my mouth and you play to that idea of being a psychologist group is like do you want to be open for two years yeah or do you want to be open for 20 years yeah. because the approach is completely different coming out the gate with those yeah. two beasts you know what money I mean? you want to make some long money. yeah yeah you want to be you want to be relevant in in six years or do you want to be a footnote like, yeah, this place had a really good two-year run and they collapsed. What happened? Uh, they didn't really have a game plan for two years out. You know, they, they came in really too hard, spent a lot of money, didn't really get their bases covered and hired some people that were a little too green. And they opened a place that's, um, I don't want to say poke joint, but you know, the, the poke joint of its time. Oh God, did you say, don't say crudo. Don't say crudo, Cody. No, well, you know what I mean? Like yeah. a concept that's like, okay, this thing, this concept hit right now. Let's, let's do this now. Like the you know the burger thing just got out of control. For me. Yeah, yeah, everyone had like a gourmet burger. It's like okay, okay, you know it's great, but is it great? I mean, did you spend a lot of time like yeah, in your and is it worth eighteen dollars for a goddamn burger? Right, you know what I mean. Right. I don't like. We are literally you could throw a rock at TK Burger from here, and we both know how we feel about that it's place. A, it's you know a what special mean? thing. It's yeah, because they they spent more time developing the burger yeah. than they tried to spend on like being hip and having hot waitresses and you know having a clever menu with cool slogans and all that. It's like, just, if it's a burger joint, just make a really good burger, man. At the end of the day, that's all you really need to do. Yeah, but I remember when I had a Carl's Jr. burger for the first time, yeah. and Carl's Jr. was a completely different beast back then. Dude. You know what I mean? I'd like, And I was like, holy shit balls. This is a burger. Yeah, it's wrapped in foil, and you're like, dude, yeah. this is, they take this shit serious. Yeah, and admittedly, you know, the burgers have evolved since then, you know, but that idea that it needs to be something like overly branded and, you know, out of reach for most people or some sort of ethereal mystery burger or whatever. Right. Like, okay, guys, whatever. Well, you know, we've had this conversation many times, and this all goes back to what we think about how SIDS was. SIDS was so good because it was about the food. And that falls like Jolene and Juicy guys, like, let's just make really good food. You know, I went to Juicy the other day, and it was hot as balls in that place it was swarmy it was you know just it was vietnam man it was sticky and just like 95 percent humidity inside and just hot as balls people littered in that place just tons of people sweating and waiting for the coffees and they're fine yeah because they not they weren't there just to be seen because your hair's all frazzled because it's humid in there they were there because the food's good yeah well and, and that's really what it is and you know i'll call it out in public i mean 
I've had like the worst customer service experience of my life at GTA. Mm-hmm. Like, and that doesn't take away from the quality of the food, but I'm like, Jesus Christ, guys! But there's still a line, and I'll still go there. Yeah, you know what I mean. The food's good. Yeah, the food's fantastic. It's it's spot on. It goes back to Sid's. Like, you know, you were eating on a picnic table tablecloth. Listen to some guy play flamenco guitar. Well, you know what? We'll save the Sid's discussion for the next okay. one. How's that? Let's, yeah. let's let's we'll do a deconstruction of Sid's okay. on that because that's a much much bigger uh, we can topic. We've been going all day about that, but yeah, you know what I'm sure. talking about. Like, remember when we went to? We were on our way up to the pack station, up to the mountains, and we hit that little uh, greasy like food truck. Oh, that taco place. Yeah, yeah, it was like a tiny little. Yeah. We got that breakfast burrito, and a, we were just sitting on a on a curb in hot ass. I think we were in fucking Bakersfield, man. Uh, uh, we were in Delano, just okay. south of Fresno. Yeah, hot as hell. I think we're, it was in like a, a fast food drive through like just kind of off in the parking yeah, lot. Yeah, yeah. We just went up there and got it's one of the best damn breakfast I had. And it was, you know, dusty and hot and humid and just nasty. You know, people ask me, what's the best thing you've ever eaten, Dave, in my entire life? Kind of a hard one to right, figure out I'm, right. for you as well. But if you, if you had to ask me for probably the most transcendent moment with food I've ever had, it was the same thing. I was driving to Vermilion. I dove off in McFarland. There was some greasy little taco truck. It was when my brother Chris was still alive. Mm-hmm. We dove off. We were driving up there. You know, back then we would drive with a case of beer in the back seat and uh-huh. just do 90 miles an hour all oh, the way up yeah. to 99. We dove off in McFarland. Same thing. Greasy taco truck. 79 cent carnitas taco. Best thing I ever ate. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was the same goddamn thing. It was it was better than than the old old taco old 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 tacos at least go yeah. in Ontario when I was a kid. You know what I mean? It was just transcendent. The salsa roja was perfect. The carnitas was spot on, not too citrusy, not right. too salty. It was freaking amazing. Yeah. Nice greasy, soggy ass tortilla. Like the masa wasn't all maseki and mm-hmm. freaking weird and gross. It was a real tortilla, yeah. but not douchey artisanal tortilla. Yeah, it was literally the best thing I ever yeah. freaking ever ate. And yeah. yeah, but I mean, that's a zone too, Cody. How, you know, how cool is it not only to be in the zone when you're creating something, to be, be in the zone on the receiving end? Right, you know? right. I've been posting random bullshit quotes of mine. I hate to quote myself, but I will once in a while. But on Instagram, and I just I just did one yesterday where I said, uh, the measure of a restaurant isn't what's on the plate or what's in the bank account. It's when people forget everything outside the room and remember their true self. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that's a, a moment. And whether where that comes from inside you is up to each individual. But man, that moment when you can touch someone like that and make them really appreciate their experience in the universe, how beautiful is that as far as what we yeah. do? You know? Yeah, that's yeah. what uh, I think... I don't know how we even got the subject, but that's what's, you know, the, the thing with food is just to enjoy the food and not worry about the backup dancers of the slogans and the wood paneling and the, the you know, the playlist. It's just about... The Edison bulbs? Yeah, I don't care. I yeah. Is the shit good? Because if it's good, I'm down. Yeah. We'll talk about price later in another, like, how much do you want to charge for something so good? You know, that's another whole up topic, but really it's just about uh, let everything fade away. All the noise fade away and just have that moment with that one thing that you're eating and going, whoever did this is, is a, I get that. I, I see what they're doing. Yeah, and I don't care if it's, I don't care if it's Travis from Jelena or some grandmother making tortillas by hand or freaking apartment in Santa Ana. You know what I mean? Like there's, it's, you know, th- those moments. And I think I, engineer is the wrong term because it sounds like you're forcing something. But when you can provide those moments to when somebody, curate when you curate those moments. Yeah. Uh, with someone, whether it's intentional or not intentional, is a pretty magical space yeah. to be in. And that's, like I said, that's the other side of the zone. There's a creative zone that we navigate as chefs, and there's the zone where you get to tap into something, you know, you get to play therapist with someone with food and, and give them an experience that gives them something that's going to take them completely outside their realm for a right. day. So, right. yeah. 
And, you know, I, I was thinking the other day, none of us are here forever. And, and you know, my efforts as a chef hopefully will lead to something maybe they won't. But if I can, if I can have someone smile in 30 years and think about something I've cooked for them, that's reward enough for me. You know what I mean? If I can have someone that maybe is 15 or 20 right now when they're old and say, man, I remember that Yosemite pot roast that Dave made in the mountains at one time. If he smiles at that point, right. I'm cool. That's it reward enough. It reflects on that yeah. light that he had. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. cool enough for me, man. Seriously. We've got to put a little turn to that. I don't know. We'll find it. Okay. Well, cool. Let's wrap this up because we're going to be uh, we're going to be off and running here pretty quick. Diego's giving me the That's eye. Handsome man over here. Uh huh. What a Captain Hunkinson. Look at those triceps. Look <laughs> at those calves. Uh -huh. Wow. Well, thanks for jumping in, guys. Go out there, crush it, get on it. One thing's for sure. What's that? Cooking? I can't wait no more. I tear the meat right off the bone, cause the chicken eater is on his way back home. Rogers Orune. Oh,